0: For a man who once opened his own insurance firm, took lavish cruises, drove a Mercedes and filled his closet with expensive suits, it was a long slide to the cold stainless steel gurney where he lay wearing his humble prison whites. Not monogrammed like the expensive shirts he once wore, but indelibly stamped with his prison number, 694. 694.
1: He's a busta, and he got his fucking wig split. And she's yeah. like,
0: no, he planned to die. Yeah, uh, well, that's what the that's what the so-called believers <laughs> say, isn't it?
1: I said, no, he got his bitch-ass wig split. So Jordan, I just walked in on the conversation here. I'm yes. assuming Jordan. Is trying to raise a baby necromancer? Is that what I was hearing here?
2: Uh, yeah, he wants yeah, pretty much. He wants okay. his child to have the ability to necromancer, raise an army. warlock, <laughs> any of the f- anything cool and dark like that would be uh, fine by me.
1: Now, is a is a warlock and a necromancer different? Or are they the same?
2: I mean, I feel like a warlock can be a necromancer, so therefore, a necromancer is a warlock.
1: I feel like I was watching a really old movie in the last couple days. You probably were. And they were referring to a man as a wizard. Hmm. And I said, hold on now. That is a warlock. He is not a wizard. And you are uh, being... Is this sexist? Was
0: he doing blood magic or what? I
1: I wish I could remember what the hell I was watching at
2: this point. I feel like that would be more ableist.
0: I thought warlocks were were like blood magic, self-hurt magic, and necromancers had the power to raise dead.
2: I thought a yeah. warlock, well, I mean, I'm well, just no. going off yeah. of the like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina or whatever since me and Amy binged that on Netflix <laughs> a bit ago, but like at the school all the females are uh, witches and all the guys are warlocks, same, not wizards. Same ah. with same
1: with American horror story apocalypse. What's wrong with wizards? What I mean is the warlocks
2: problem? is Warlock is a lot more badass of a name, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I've always thought they males were warlocks, ladies were witches. That and wizards are, wizards are nothing? Wizards are I think wizards are are ladies, right? I,
2: well no, I think wizards are just the crazy old guys in the woods with white beards.
1: Those are druids. <sighs> no, maybe it was <laughs> Listen, no, I know where it was from because I recorded Subliminal Deception d- yesterday right. and we were talking about witches and they referred to a man as a witch and they said, Hold on oh. he should be a warlock. Right. Okay, we're getting this right. all jumbled up here. Right. God damn it. I okay. think war
0: I think the difference between a warlock and a wizard, a warlock has to hurt himself to use magic. Okay. A wizard can tap into like mana. Okay. Arcane World ma- yeah, arcane 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 man yeah arcane man
1: ley lines but all warlocks, of that. Warlocks
0: they need to hurt themselves to make their magic happen. So which would you prefer? A wizard. A wizard or yeah. a druid. I would definitely
2: rather be a wizard. I don't want to hurt myself
0: to cast a spell. Yeah. (laughs) I'd rather study arcane magic and just tap into that. But
1: with blood magic, you become even more powerful. Yeah. And you look awful after a while. Like, you
0: really look evil. And that seems cool.
1: But you get to listen to the best music. Mm. Uh, Simple Plan... Mm Dashboard Confessional.
2: Mm. Any Given I'm, Sunday. I'm loving it. Taking Back Sunday. Take Me Back Sunday. I'm loving this playlist I would, I so would, far. I would
0: throw Druid in there personally. <laughs> wait, um, wait. Any Given Sunday is the Keanu Reeves movie, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, listen, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bubble Butt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about this week. It's me. My name is Adam. Sitting across from me, I've ever heard it's Jordan. Hello, Jordan. your Michigan Dog Man, has done well for us. <laughs> that, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. It was job. a
2: lot of fun. I hope you all fun. enjoyed uh, our man's just uh, trying to get his wife knocked up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Listen, that that's like that's my opus. I was what, getting, I was getting the giggles.
1: What uh, What's the guy's name? Sam Cook? No.
2: No Steve is his friend that has to put on the wolf mask No Mm.
1: who's the singer Who sang this song Mm.
0: Something Cook right Something Radio FM Cook Yeah I can't remember (laughs) who knows that was a week ago that's my how, memory doesn't that's go how to that memorable far memorable the episode was for that's, jordan there. oh come on <laughs> jordan did fucking great he did, he did great uh good job jordan you are in the middle of a move i'd ask you how your week was but i already did you were in the middle of a move you're gonna be
2: moving soon
0: and yes. you're gonna get your nursery together yep and you're gonna get the baby come june time
2: yes uh if uh it's anything like me and Amy when we were born. We were both about two weeks early, so it'll be, like, very early June. Well, there you go. Okay. So There you go. That's what I'm talking we're about. We're sitting a month to a month and a half away now. You have Homeboy on June 12th, and you're going to have a winner for life. That, I'll say that much. That remi- if I have Homeboy on June 14th, he has the same birthday as my dad. Oh. And our president.
1: Okay, even better. Anyway, so... Uh that reminded me I was watching I think it was a draft
2: across
0: from me is Cody. <laughs> Cody, tell okay. me what you were doing.
1: Okay. It was a draft yesterday. I was watching it. There's a big beefy boy offensive lineman. Mm. They showed his baby picture and they're <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> he was born three weeks early, but he was still eleven pounds. Oh, Jesus <laughs> I was like Christ. maybe that'll be Jordan's kid over
2: there. <laughs> Listen I mean, at, right now our God, kid man. is fucking huge. Thank for God whatever. she He's didn't like carry a, that thing to term.
0: Oh <laughs> no. my God, he would have been fucking twenty pounds. I <laughs> mean, we
2: were talking about wizards. Her, she would have been a wizard sleeve. So, so oh, what had to have a funeral?
1: To be honest, as a midwestern couple, you should strive to be having a be, big offensive line, beefy boy. Yeah.
2: But, no, I mean. Cornhuskers. Yep. He's going to be a big boy. Like, okay. Because right. – Well, I hope he beats you. Know, in, That's my – In my role. family yeah. – Drunken prom it's night It's me <laughs> and my two older brothers, and I'm the smallest out of mm. all of us. And then she has a brother who is a sizable man. So okay. He's a big boy. He, he's going to grow up to be a big boy. Hell okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Hell Yeah. So
1: we got uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers have hope for a new offensive (gasps) That's right,
2: the Wisconsin Badgers do. (laughs) Gross.
0: (laughs) Throw them in the trash. Uh, All right, guys. How about we get underway? Let's do do it. it. I'm ready to see what this is about. I don't even know what to call this thing. I really don't. I stumbled across it on (laughs) uh, Murderpedia, believe it or not. I was (laughs) just clicking around on random pages. I saw one small, small small-time guy, and I was like, okay, a couple victims, whatever. Let's see clicked on him, then he led to, like, three more guys and a crazy, <laughs> awesome detective that oh. pieced everything together Ooh. and connected everyone. We're going to jump right in here. Hell yes. Yeah. Right. Let's hear it. Houston homicide detective Johnny Bonds had thought he had seen it all. Then one morning in July of 1979, he was called to a cozy home in the city's southwest section.
1: My partner and I, a guy named Eli Risty. We had to go out and see a suspect in custody in another murder case who was being held out in Texas City. We were about to head out there, but the lieutenant called us and said, Hold on, hold on, stop. I've got one here. I need somebody to go out and look at it. It's a triple. He said, like in baseball? (laughs) You know, it's a
2: real rare play.
1: (laughs) I know this ain't the Mastros. Uh, Anyway, and he told us as we left, all indications are that it's a (laughs) murder-suicide. So we went out there expecting it to be... A (laughs) murder-suicide, but then we did not, didn't find the gun.
2: (laughs) That's right, that's correct. Those goddamn suicides. Thank you,
0: Detective Jotty Bonds. Gotta keep
2: my pig calls in order when I can. I, Twitter feel, suicide. I, I
1: feel like Texans like to really zone in on certain words. Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so. it, 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 it,
0: it's a, it's a, oh, I'm going to cut that part. <laughs> there in the nursery, snug in his crib, lay 14th month old Kevin Wanstrath. He was dead, killed by a bullet fired into the back of his head so close, the muzzle blast from the 22 left singe marks in his hair. Oh, God. In the family den, Kevin's father John sat slumped in an armchair, shot twice in the back of the head. The baby's mother Diana lay on the floor, her head resting on a book of nursery rhymes. One shot fired into her right temple. No gun was found at the scene, so Chief Medical Examiner Dr. Joseph Jakimczyk. Jack, 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 Jack. <laughs> Just say Polish name. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Joseph Insert Polish. Polish name, Jakimzik. Did the only logical thing and demanded a psychological autopsy. Didn't know that was a thing. No, then neither it should be. Isn't
1: this what John Edwards used to do on that talk show? John- Remember him? The ghost talker guy? Or is he a psychic?
0: The president? No, the
1: show John Edwards.
0: John Edwards? He, he was no, like, John Kerry? He used to like talk to
1: people's dead family members on TV.
2: Yeah, that's just called, like, having a seance, well, yeah. which okay. also, I mean, calling that a psychological autopsy would be way cooler. Okay. Yeah.
1: I think that's fresh in my mind, because I re watch Hereditary today.
0: Oh, I? that's always worth it. I love oh, watching so a little good. Paimon.
1: I, I, uh, the, I watched the, like, 4K version that's on Amazon Prime, and... I think it was like a director's cut because there's a bunch of scenes that I, had, I don't remember seeing previously. So,
0: are you saying I need to get a 4K TV today? No, so you don't I can have watch to it?
1: watch it. I don't. I don't. Didn't even notice a difference. But I want extra scenes. It. I think it is. Watch it. Well, All I right. don't
2: think you need a 4K TV oh, to watch okay. It. it. Okay.
1: Ad- it adds it, to the story, but again, they didn't need to be there.
0: Right. So,
2: but but it's not
0: only streaming in 4K. You can watch it in HD as well. Uh, Well, even if it's streaming in 4K, you can
2: just watch it in regular HD. Okay.
1: They have both, but the 4K one's two hours and like eight minutes long. I need it, I need the extra scenes.
2: So, this psychological
0: autopsy, as it's called, involves studying everything from the food the family ate
2: to the music they listened to. <laughs> that all seems irrelevant, but let's, yes. let's go. You
1: know, it's Ario, Ario Speedwagon in there.
2: <laughs> he concluded. No, that's Journey, I think.
0: That's not Ario. Don't at all. Stop. That's Journey as well. That's also Journey. <laughs> Uh, he concluded that Diana Wanstrath had been suffering a bout of depression
2: and had killed both her husband and son before shooting herself. Okay. What was she listening to, Steely Dan? Because that makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> Jesus. Hot
0: shot detective Johnny Bonds wasn't convinced. He was pretty sure that the three had been hit by a hired killer, and this clown medical examiner was just trying to make a name for himself. He was never shy about his dissent on this matter. Detective Bonds ended up being transferred out of homicide and into the Siberia of the Police Department Internal Mm -hmm. Affairs. You don't want to be there. It's
2: still a paycheck.
0: Yeah. He says he went kicking and screaming and making statements to the media that he would continue his investigation. He kept his word on that one. The memory of the murdered baby continued to haunt him and finding the killer became his life's mission.
1: I didn't want to do anything but break that case for two years. I was hardly ever home, and when I was, I would be on the telephone or just staring and thinking. I couldn't get over that baby. Mm. Did you ever finish the third season of True Detective? Never. This kind of is reminding me of that, because it's like a detective who's kind of obsessed with the case. Won't let it go. He gets in trouble. I think he gets jammed into uh, internal affairs or whatever to be quiet. That's exactly
0: what they did to Johnny Bonds. They said, you have to stop, and he wouldn't. So they said, okay, go to the freezer. Have fun. uh, Maybe they stole the idea from here or something. Could be. I'm Mm. also, you'll see another similarity coming up. Okay. And it's really nuts. (laughs) Bonds' painstaking detective work paid off. He investigated on his own time for over a year and uncovered a nasty link between the Wanstrath murders and the death of Diana Wanstrath's 60-year-old mother... Gertrude Duff Smith Zabolio.
2: That's a mouthful. That's a hell of a name.
0: (laughs) Gertrude was found dead three years previous, in 1975, with a pair of pantyhose wrapped around her neck. Her death was ruled a suicide as well, although her husband, Houston builder Dow Zabolio, and daughter Diana both doubted the ruling. Where is the common theme in these two murderous-looking suicides, you may ask? How would you kill yourself? With
1: pantyhose. <sighs> tie him to a door I mean, and I've, lean
2: forward. I feel I like know. they have a lot of tensile strength. Well, yeah, no, he's asking, like, how could you Well, I tie a noose? I
1: figured they would rip. That's okay. where the
2: tensile strength comes well, into play. Uh,
1: apparently, you just made up that word, so congratulations. Yeah, there.
2: yeah. I, I, I got <laughs> a
0: prehensile strength. All of our listeners.
2: Too. Tell him on Instagram that tensile (laughs) is not a made-up word.
0: I'm kind of on Cody's side here. I don't Uh, don't think I've heard that one either.
1: we're not all rock people and need ropes and pulleys and everything.
0: Well, we've graduated beyond simple machines.
1: (laughs) You get on your goddamn brontosaur, you Mm -hmm. scoop up the fucking rocks, (laughs) and you dump them over there.
0: Slide the down and punch the clock <laughs> yeah. at the back
2: of the day.
1: Get your little stone tablet, mm-hmm. and you punch out, and you head home. Get out of here. <laughs> oh,
0: I mean, you got me. Get your <laughs> you ribs and ribs yeah,
1: You pedal your feet in your car, and you go home.
0: <laughs> well, the common theme here is Gertrude left $90,000 to her daughter and another 90000 to an adopted son, mm. Mark Duff-Smith. A 28-year-old insurance broker
2: with a voracious thirst for the lavish lifestyle.
1: Oh, you say oh that insurance broker and I'm already suspicious?
2: He drives like a 2009 Volvo.
0: It's actually <laughs> a little too much to call him an insurance broker. He was a career insurance scammer. Mm. He blew through that 90K speculating on the stock market, investing in real estate, and buying a couple Benzes. Hell yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you buy some fancy cars?
1: 1970s Benzes. Nothing, Beautiful. nothing drops the panties Beautiful. faster.
0: <laughs> they got a I sick body love line. love them. That's true. Love them. Three days after the Wanstrath family killings, Detective Bonds received a tip from Don Chalene, a gambler and a small-time crook that would turn up dead under suspicious circumstances later on. <laughs> his tip was that Duff Smith had arranged his mother's murder through a middleman who at the time could only be ID'd as the coin collector. So he was a witcher. Oh, <laughs> I'm afeard of witchers.
1: I haven't, uh, haven't watched
2: that yet. Listen, that song's a banger.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Shortly after this helpful hint, Bonds discovered that six months before the Wanstraths had died, Duff Smith had sold John Wanstrath a $250,000 life insurance policy. As executor of the Wanstrath estate, he stood to inherit 500000 if the entire family died.
1: I mean, in Jesus. the in the '80s, well, getting 70s. to the '80s, yeah.
0: uh, that's a lot of fucking
2: money.
1: Even There's now, no that's question. a lot
2: of money. You could buy a nice house and live comfortably. for... You couldn't
1: even buy a Jimmy John's franchise for that much.
2: Yeah,
0: I feel like you could buy a Jimmy <laughs> John's franchise for five hundred. Th- I bet it's a mill. Well, how I about Jersey a Jersey cool Mike's mil. franchise? Ooh, that you might be able to get. <laughs> Listen, because...
2: I'd rather own a Jersey Fuck Mike's franchise.
0: Yeah. Fuck every other sub place. That's the, not yours. Meat,
2: Thank you. The meat
1: cutter is probably five hundred thousand. Oh, it's I, so you tasty. can get one
2: of those at Sam's Club for like a hey, hundred. Have, have
1: you guys ever used one of those? Like actually use them? Uh-uh. Yeah. When <laughs> I blade is
2: terrible. When I Dude. ran a cousin subs in high school, I did. Dude, I, have you cut yourself
0: on them before? No. Oh, <laughs> I forget what ridiculous thing I was watching, but somebody like shoves somebody's face in them in one of those, and it just makes like a pile of
2: face meat. <laughs> I mean, sounds great. Oh, dude, I I can just imagine like just skimming like your thumb fuck, over that. Fuck. You're not even gonna know it's no. Gone. The no. Uh,
1: I cut. Well, I cut myself when I was cleaning it, but. They made us wear a chainmail glove sure, when we were doing sure. it. So.
2: See, when I worked at Cousins and we had to, like, clean it after, like, slicing ham or s- roast beef or whatever, like, you know, you take the guard off the top to clean, like, the inside of it, and I'd just, like, grab a towel and, like, set it there. But the blade was always, like, an inch away, and i just turn it on and be like, there goes all the meat dust.
1: Okay, never do that. (laughs) That is the worst idea to do. No,
2: never do that in your life.
0: (laughs) Unless you want to clear that meat
2: dust quick. Whereas I could have just kept it off and unplugged it and taken the towel and swiped around. (laughs) Or
0: you get rid of that meat dust and you go home early. Yep, yep. Duff Smith even made the first few monthly payments on the insurance policy telling John that it was a new member's discount. Nice of you. It should be known he had pulled this scheme several times with several different insurance agencies. When the policies were eventually cancelled because the premiums were not paid, the insurance company would plan to recoup its commission from Duff Smith's future commissions. At that point, Duff Smith would simply quit, go work for another insurance company, and start the whole scam all over again.
1: IQ 200.
0: It was time to pull Mark Duff Smith in for questioning and go through his Rolodex to see which creepy crawlies the detectives could turn up. During questioning, Duff Smith talked about his dead family members without emotion, and indicated that the interrogation was a huge imposition on him.
2: Listen, I have new benzos to drive, so if I could just get out of here, I'm trying to pick up some tail at the bar.
0: This all interested Bonds. His spidey sentences were off the radar. Ooh. He had found a motive for the killings, but couldn't prove a fucking thing. Not even after he tracked down the identity of The Coin Collector, who ended up being Fugazi Realtor, Hobby Coin Dealer, and wannabe crime boss named Walter Waldhauser Jr.
1: Okay. So maybe... He's like Two Face. You talk to him, and he's like flipping the coin constantly. Oh, he, <laughs> he he leaves everything to fate. Now he's the guy you see on infomer- infomercials selling those Buffalo nickels and shit all the time. And the mm-hmm. the
0: nineteen yeah. n- or the two thousand twenty commemorative NFL <laughs> coin.
1: We just robbed the U.S. Treasure, treasure, <laughs> <laughs> treasury, and
2: we have, have these plates will never it. be minted again. Uh, <laughs> it's got a picture of the White House and e and an eagle with an AR fifteen is. Lying over it, shooting communists. I,
1: I would love to interview somebody who, like, literally picked
2: up the phone and bought those. Sure. Like, oh, my God. Like, I
1: just want to be like, what went through your mind when
2: you saw I that? I mean, listen, I'm some sure of those things look dank as fuck. I'm but... sure the answer
0: would be, it was 2 a.m. and I was wasted. Mm.
1: Apparently, that's a
0: clientele, yeah.
1: yep. uh, insomniacs.
0: <laughs> now, this Waldhauser thought he was a hard, hard man. He was super interested in the mafia which is how he and Duff Smith got so close. They were a couple of real nerds. Waldhauser even claimed he was a mob attorney to several of his friends, despite the fact that he didn't have a law degree. (laughs) He began putting feelers out to the Houston underworld, looking to have Bonds killed should he continue working on the Wanstrath murders. Nothing ever came of this, and Johnny Bonds says it wouldn't have made a lick of difference. He was determined to find justice for the murdered baby, so he kept going. Bonds and his new partner... Dan McAnulty <laughs> began to solve the puzzle. Now, I thought name. that that was a—I uh, thought it was supposed to be McNulty, and there <laughs> was like a mistype in <laughs> what I was reading. No, that's his name.
1: Really? Okay. okay. That's
2: McNul- a fucking stupid name. Yes. Jordan,
1: do you know where McNulty comes from? Ireland. Ah, uh, no. What show it comes from? McNulty.
2: Yeah,
0: Detective McNulty. We, he
1: would know immediately
0: if—if if, I if mean, he yeah, he
1: did. Yeah, it's The Wire, bro. Never watched it.
0: Yeah. You pleb. Walter Waldhauser and Duff Smith, along with their wives, had reservations to go to Las Vegas the day the Wanstraths were murdered. So they couldn't have been involved in the killing, right? I mean, I couldn't see how. Over the next year, Bonds dug and dug and just couldn't find the proof. This began tearing into his home life, driving a wedge of obsessive separation between the stalwart detective and his wife and children. Speaking of separation, at the end of the year, Waldhauser and his wife separated and his wife finally allowed the police to search their home. In a large pile of garbage, investigators came across five letters from Waldhauser to one Alan Wayne Janeka.
1: After this long, still had the letters.
0: In a pile of garbage. Should have thrown them away. Yeah, I feel like... Sounds like a hoarder. Maybe burn them
1: if if you want to be a perfect criminal, you know, so they can't be recovered.
0: According to the Houston Press, Houston's independent source of local news and culture... A background check revealed that in 1979, about two months before the deaths of the Wanstraths, Janeka had been present during the murder of a Southeast Houston drug dealer, but had never been arrested or charged in the case. The killer was a young guy named Richard Bufkin, who, after being granted probation, was already a free man. In November of nineteen eighty, Bonds located him working on a delivery truck in Corpus Christi. Bonds asked Buffkin whether Janeka had ever talked about killing anyone else, and the kid replied, yeah. Janeka had had some mafia deal that a mafia lawyer knew a guy who wanted his sister and her husband and baby killed. So this guy is
1: literally just, well, I mean the mafia part. He's just tooting his own horn to make himself seem like a badass.
0: Absolutely, and he's walking around town shouting about all the supposed mafia shit that he's Mm. getting up to and all that. Like
1: when we first met Jordan, and he claimed that he trained Varg Vickerness on Mm -hmm. how to play bass. Mm -hmm. We're like, listen, Jordan, I don't think that happened.
0: I don't think you were born yet. (laughs) Maybe I did,
1: maybe I didn't.
2: (laughs) Wasn't Varg a vocalist? He was everything. Yeah, he he, he, was Burzum was was a one-man band. Mm,
1: That's when I knew we were home, remembers Bonds. After I got that piece of
0: information, within a month, we had everything. In March 1981, (laughs) Waldhauser signed typewritten statements admitting that, on behalf of Duff Smith, he had hired Janeka to kill Duff Smith's mother, sister, brother-in-law, and nephew, in exchange for a cut of Dust Smith's inheritance, which, of course, included a piece of the life insurance policy.
1: Okay, so he technically has 500 grand. He can pay a chunk of that to the
0: hitman. I wonder how much he's going to give him. (laughs) (laughs) $10,000. (laughs) $10,000.
2: Okay. Hey, that will buy him a new Chevy Impala and a down payment on a nice Rambler in the suburbs.
1: (laughs) uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's
0: pretty cheap for a hitman. Now, Waldhauser told police he had even taken an active hand in the Wanstrath family killings, spraying the two adults with mace and holding Diana to the floor while Janneka shot her in the head. Jesus. Since he was in a confessing mood, he threw another log on the fire. Waldhauser said he, Duff Smith, and Janneka had intended to kill a man named Lowell Leggett, a drinking buddy of theirs. They were able to convince poor Lowell they were going to open up a restaurant on Lake Conroe and would make him the manager. To protect their investment, they told him he needed to take out a $500,000 life insurance policy, naming them the beneficiaries. So they're going to just kill Logan
1: for no reason? Lowell. Lowell.
0: Lowell Leggett. I
1: mixed his names. Lowell
0: Leggett. <laughs> <laughs> <So,
1: laughs> uh, what a weird... What all Logan lit. What if his middle name's like Lionel or something? Lowell
0: Lionel Leggett. Like <sighs> Well, read uh, read what Bonds thinks is going to happen.
1: They were going to kill him. They had already set up the corporate papers, and they were going to take him out on Lake Conroe to scout for a location for the restaurant, and then they drowned him.
0: They went after Janeka first, since he was the actual Trigger Man, and he was arrested the week before Thanksgiving in 1980.
2: Oh, he doesn't get Thanksgiving dinner? (laughs) No no cranberry sauce for you, bitch. (laughs) Mm
0: -mm. Well, fuck cranberry sauce. Within a week, he ended up confessing, naming Waldhauser as the middleman between him and Duff Smith. Janekka also confessed to being approached by Waldhauser to kill Detective Johnny Bonds, but Janekka was able to squash this plot by saying,
2: Look, we can't kill a cop and get away with it. We've been very lucky on these other ones, but there's no way I can kill that cop. Besides, everybody's going to suspect you because he's after you. That's stupid. We can't kill him. <laughs> Texas is fun. Yes. 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 <laughs> I just can't wait till we get to do southern accents. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, now.
0: Detective Bonds and a team of uniformed officers crashed into Duff Smith's house to arrest him. They found him in the bathroom shaving. Bonds says, I told him he was
1: under arrest. He just blinked, and it didn't say anything. I
0: loved it. This went a long way for Bond's peace of mind. In 1981, a Harris County jury found Duff Smith guilty of having his mother killed. In 1993, he was put to death by lethal injection. <laughs> uh, very Texas,
2: Texas thing there. <sighs> they love it. I mean, I feel like Texas should still have the firing squad.
1: Apparently it's like the... uh, I would take it if they did. I was going to say, apparently you're dead within like seconds. Yeah, you don't even know what happened. So you probably feel the sting. Maybe you feel a quick sting and then... Maybe a little burn. Well, no, it's it's going through through your
2: head. No, no, it goes through your heart. Oh, I thought they shot you in the head. No, that would (laughs) be rad, but...
1: (laughs) That's why when you shot through the heart, it like, you know hemorrhages instantly and you're dead like fucking
0: real quick and there's five guys four of them have live
2: bullets and one of them doesn't <laughs> so four bullets are no, going through the, the, oh i thought it was four head blanks and one didn't
1: i, I think her. it's that way but i think that it might be like
2: two of them have bullets or May, something uh, like
0: that. i know it's not just one because they want
2: well, yeah but and, they, like, if you have the live bullets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, there's a distinct difference in when, sound and when, feel. <laughs> when
1: Small Town Murder was talking about, they had, like, a, the last time they did, they had, like, a machine almost, where you literally, like, push a button and then you fire. Like, you're not oh. holding the gun. Oh. They're all aimed completely perfectly at the man's heart. Okay. So you just push it and then it gets him. So why couldn't like they
2: just no, have them all on, well, I suppose you can't have it all on one, button. that's one person being like, I killed them. That's right, that's right. There's <laughs> okay. no deniability why, there. Why do we need Just think of the labor guns. cost you
1: could save. Well, I think it sounded like those people were kind of excited to do it. That They said that guy, like, his uh, his heart rate and everything up to that point were, like, insanely high, but then the second he got shot, he was dead, like, instantly. So. Beautiful.
0: That's the way I'd want to go. I don't yeah. want lethal injection. It takes like sixteen minutes. Mm. Well, don't you just like fall asleep? Either that, or your blood turns to concrete. Unfortunately, we can't ask anybody. No survivors.
1: But you do you get cotton up your bum if you get
0: the yes, firing yeah. squad stuff? Oh, I don't know. So. You do for everything else. So yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah, because <laughs> when you die, you're still gonna shit yourself. You gotta plug them orifices, yeah. man. You gotta get butt plugged up. <laughs> For our friend Waldhauser, his journey was just beginning. In exchange for his confessions and guilty plea to three counts of capital murder, Waldhauser received a sweetheart deal. Three 30-year sentences to be served concurrently. Waldhauser didn't even serve 10 before he was paroled. How? Bonds calls Waldhauser a stone-cold sociopath, void of emotions, loves being a nerd about organized crime, and enjoys playing games.
1: He is potentially as dangerous as anybody I've ever dealt with in my life. I have tried to keep up with him as best I can because I know this guy is going to do something else. Now,
0: I need to tell you, this Bond, this Detective Bonds he knows. is a hero. He is he's such uh, a beast.
1: He's great, eh? Yes. I mean, technically, I would assume someone who kills people in this manner... Uh, or has him killed or whatever? He's probably gonna reoffend.
0: And we're not even—we're not even—not oh. even
1: there. Okay.
0: Like a phoenix rising <laughs> from the ashes. <laughs> On April twenty-third, nineteen ninety, Walter Waldhauser Jr. was reborn as Michael Lee Davis. Mm, okay. Less than a month out of the clink, and he had his name legally changed along with his social security number, wiping out his identity as a convicted, paroled murderer. How do you, you can just do that? No. <laughs> they the reporter from one of the from one of the articles i read said she tracked down and talked to a social security worker who said that can be done in very rare circumstances, and he certainly wouldn't qualify for that. Hmm. So I don't, maybe he knew somebody at Social Security or Th- something.
1: This would have to be nearly impossible. Shit. Now. Yeah. yeah. It'd have to be. Like, this was still the time of paper license plate or license, uh, driver's license. So yes. You could do a lot. But why Michael Lee
0: Davis? Just a nice business like, sounding name. I yep. mean, I guess. For three whole years, Bonds lost track of Waldhauser slash Davis, and during that time, Wald Davis set up shop in Arizona and was accepted at the law school of Arizona State University. Go Sun Devils. He did a perfectly fine job, got good grades, and completed all his required courses. He was on the verge of accepting his diploma when a story in the Arizona Star revealed Davis's past as a convicted murderer.
2: Oh, got his ass. You not welcome in Tempe no more. Yeah. Is that where it is? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Is it? Yeah, yeah it when is. I lived yeah, in yeah. Phoenix for college for that little bit, I uh, oh, went to a yeah. lot of parties there. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. Remember, vroom, remember vroom. that?
1: Yeah, hell yeah. Those you, are dark stories you, we don't oh, talk geez. about. We can't <laughs> talk about Those are <laughs>
0: hidden. Those are in the vault.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> University officials blocked his graduation on the grounds that he lied on his application. A lot of work to come away empty-handed. Once again, Detective Bonds lost track of Davis, knowing only that he'd moved to Dallas. Until one night, a worrying phone call came in that Walter Waldhauser Jr., a.k.a. Michael E. Davis, was again up to no good. (laughs) son of a bitch. In early 1997, a pleasant patrol officer from the Dallas suburb of Garland named Bruce Marshall began considering a career away from the police force and into healthcare. He enrolled in a biology night class at Richland College in Dallas. At 46 years old, Bruce Marshall was sure he was the oldest member of the class, as all the rest had just graduated high school. Then he spotted another man approximately his age. Uh-oh, I'm
1: sensing sensing a romantic relationship <laughs> brewing here.
2: Ooh. Nothing sexier He's than... supposed to get hot and heavy up in this <laughs> bitch. Two
1: 46-year-old men Ooh. banging in Richard Richland College.
0: Both
2: tired of their careers, <laughs> both tired of their wives, ready now, to listen, start I, the next <laughs> chapter. I ain't never done nothing like this, but... Oh, this is... You, You got something about you in them Wranglers. Are you
1: sure this isn't the inspiration for Brokeback Mountain here? (laughs)
2: Maybe. (laughs) We're not I wish I could quit you!
0: Jeez. (laughs) Jeez. A few classes later, the class divided into groups of three for a lab project. The older man asked Marshall if he'd like to be in his group. Marshall agreed, and they found a third. The man introduced himself as Mike Davis and asked Marshall what he did for a living. Bruce usually doesn't give up that information. Basically a guarantee that the person you're telling will begin complaining about traffic tickets or shithead cops they've dealt with in the past. So he said he was a sanitation worker.
1: Okay, alright. Pretty harmless job. Pretty harmless.
0: He could tell that Davis wasn't buying it, and for the next several weeks, Davis just wouldn't
2: let it go. After about a month, Davis laughed and said, You know, Bruce, you can find out about anybody if you know how to use a computer. Ooh, I guess
1: this is right in prime time of, you know, (laughs) Windows 95. Yep. Almost Windows 98. We're almost there, boys. No, not yet, though.
0: (laughs) Marshall decided that Davis already knew way more than he should about his personal life, so he came clean and admitted that he was a police officer. Marshall remembers this. He looked at
1: me and said, Oh, are you really? And I thought to myself, Man, you are so full of shit. I wasn't telling him anything. He didn't already know. He just wanted to hear me say it.
0: Thank you, Master Splinter. Quit smoking here. <laughs> Thank you, Master um, I can't
1: wait till a Splinter, or no, Shredder charges at me. I do a 45 degree turn with Uh a nunchuck and you go flying into a dumpster.
2: (laughs) That's literally what it's like.
0: That puppet, that puppet couldn't do much. He shot an arrow in another one and that looked just as bad. (laughs) Davis claimed to be an attorney, but was Mm. tired of being a lawyer. He claimed to have attended several law schools and graduated from Arizona State, which we obviously know is a lie. If you know how to use a computer,
2: you can find out that's a lie.
0: <laughs> he explained to Marshall that he was taking biology because he was considering med school. He said he'd once been involved in a case where a consultant was both a doctor and a lawyer, and because of that, he was able to pull down huge fees.
1: Okay. Mm. Hey, to be fair, in our stories from like the 1800s, there's a lot of doctor, lawyers, doctor, doctor. farmers, doctor... doctor, lawyer,
0: farmer, politicians. Mm. <laughs> it's just everything. He
1: just wants to be like his Great-great-grandfather, <laughs> Now, to
2: appeal to my constituents, <laughs> this dog has a case of rabies and also gonorrhea. <laughs> All right, we did have a veterinarian at one point. <laughs> yeah. So, it's best that we castrate this man over here.
0: And put his ball, put goat balls on him. Yep. <laughs> Still, Marshall felt something was off. Davis walked around the campus like he was a high roller, bragging about having his $40,000-a-year paralegal transcribe the lectures that he always taped. Another odd thing: Davis always carried a cell phone, but every time Marshall tried to call, it was sent to voicemail.
1: He had a cell phone in the late nineties. <sighs>
0: yeah, you know he was balling.
1: That's uh, that's like a brick boy. This Un- should have. No, it
2: it could have been like that weird Motorola flip phone that was like the first one that, when it was closed, it was like that big and like that thick, and it had like the weird like angle up on it. I think that I came out
0: in ninety nine. Mm. When the Matrix came out,
1: uh, I think is when that I've, came out. He had to have like that satellite phone, like they use
0: in Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. Yeah. yeah, ten cents a minute. Yeah. I remember that used to be the mm. case. Yeah, this my, was like the time my, my the oldest pages.
2: brother definitely had one of those and like the flip ones. And oh boy, this was the Ran time it up. The... <gasps> yes, yeah. <laughs> so did my older brother. Man, that was that was the trap <laughs> of that generation. And, like thing. the man. phone is ninety nine cents, and then you just get a bill every month. Oh. You talk for like. Two hours a month, it's like, here's a fucking $200 bill. Yep, mm.
0: it, it's ridiculous. Despite all of these inconsistencies, Marshall finally accepted the invitation to get together with Davis and his wife for dinner. The two couples had a pleasant double date at a Mexican restaurant in northeast Dallas. I hope
2: someone had That's fajitas, because those are fun when they come
0: out to the table.
1: Wait, Sizzling. You, you mean vaginas?
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, Cody. I mean fajitas. Impregnate your vagina. <laughs> In late
0: February, Marshall and two other Garland police officers responded to a bank robbery in progress. After a vicious gun battle, one of the officers was dead. Devastated and depressed, Marshall dropped the biology class. Oh. The next day, Davis spotted Marshall's name in the paper and called to offer him his prayers. A few days later, Davis and his wife Beverly brought the Marshall's ice cream from Baskin Robbins. Oh, that's nice. Did you know they have 31 flavors a day?
1: Bitch, I should have brought him that future ice cream.
0: Mmm, Dippin' Dots ice cream of the (laughs) future. (laughs) Gross. Before leaving, Davis made sure Margaret knew how much he cared for her husband. Yeah, yeah, he does. (laughs) The Marshalls were obviously touched by this, and over the next few months, the couple saw more and more of each other. And the more they interacted, the more things didn't add up. Mike and Beverly were over all the time, probably too much for the Marshalls' liking. And yet they never invited the Marshalls to their home. The Davises claimed their house was a dump in the slums of Dallas. Every time they were over, they would wildly over-compliment the Marshalls' admittedly middle-class <laughs> home. Every time before leaving, Beverly would break down and cry at the thought of having to return to their shitty hovel.
1: Margaret! I love your live, laugh, and love collage you have on the wall here. I love it, Margaret. It's so great. Your wood paneling and wallpaper is out of the world, Margaret. Oh,
2: my God. Is that new
0: linoleum? (laughs) It said in the article, in one of the articles, it said, Um, Bruce at one point thought they were going to say Wow, running water? (laughs) Like he was like They were going too far
2: Bruce,
1: why does it spin like that When you flush it?
2: (laughs) Holy shit It takes your poop away? But honey, how do you know what flushing is? We just have a bucket (laughs) You mean you don't have a hole in the backyard You
1: throw this in? Holy shit
0: (laughs) None of this was tracking for Bruce Marshall. <laughs> if Davis was such a baller that could afford a $40,000 paralegal, why the hell were they living in the ghetto? Mrs- because he
2: pays $40,000 for a paralegal. Now that's priorities <laughs> aren't in check. You ever heard of Red Man? <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's just keeping it real? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Mrs. Davis's stories also sprouted into fantasy land. She claimed to be the estranged daughter of Houston millionaire Jack Blanton. She also claimed that she and her ex husband had been unbelievably successful in the aloe vera business. Okay. All right. But her husband frequently beat her. In fact, beat her so severely that her face needed surgical reconstruction. After the divorce, he supposedly made off with the aloe vera fortune.
1: Okay, you know what? Aloe vera, very big in California. Oh, and New Mexico. And uh, New Mexico, mm. I see people all the time. Like you could literally crash your motorcycle, your scalp's falling off. The neighbor will come out. He'll cut his plant in his front yard and just rub, rub, it. rub it on there. And be like, you're fine. Yeah, miracle. You know, that gravel, the aloe vera will
0: push it out. Don't okay, worry about it. Just
2: smear it right out of them. <laughs>
0: that summer as mike davis was driving the couples to dinner in his dusty red lumina oh, fuck. bruce met his gaze in the rearview mirror he asked in that moment if marshall was carrying a gun marshall said no he wasn't long awkward silence and finally beverly blurted out so I am the only one in the car with a gun right now. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> None of these people are good te- None of these people are good
1: Texans except for Beverly apparently.
0: <laughs> After almost shitting his pants, Marshall asked Bev if she had a concealed weapons permit. When Beverly said she did, Marshall's wife asked if she could see it, which Beverly refused, saying she never showed her permit to anybody.
1: You know Beverly whipped her dick out and said, You want to see a concealed weapons
0: <laughs> permit? Here you go, boy. It's tattooed on the other side of my cock. <laughs>
2: In about 10 years, there's going to be a show called Hannah Montana about me, the best of both worlds. (laughs) Bruce knew there wasn't a
0: single soul in Texas who isn't thrilled to show you they've got a permit to carry a weapon. Fuck yeah. He knew that something was really wrong. The next day, Marshall decided he had to get to the bottom of this. Just like with Detective Johnny Bonds, Mike Davis was just not sitting right with him. In his patrol car, he logged onto his laptop to search for Beverly's driver's license. In Texas, when an officer runs a license, the gun permit will also pop up if he or she has one.
1: After that annoyingly slow Windows ninety eight, right?
0: And where are they getting their internet from? <laughs> I don't
1: know.
2: Shit. Maybe those they're... AOL free discs. But I you mean, know, like wireless, exactly.
1: Maybe the computer's just like preloaded every day with like data. Oh, maybe. Shit. Yeah, th- that's the only
0: way they could do it. Yeah. Because there's I don't no know. way they're. There's no Wi-Fi in 97. There isn't.
1: No, no. So nah. it must
0: be every, they must like bring a disc in every day and update it or something like that. I, I,
1: I mean, I don't know about you, but from what I remember, even when I first moved here, it's uh, 2004. first time I had cable internet or high-speed internet. Mm. Still didn't have wireless at that point. I don't think. I don't think in I had 2004? Wi-Fi until like
0: 2008, yeah. 07 so. maybe.
1: I doubt the cops said it. Nah.
0: After several hours of searching, Marshall found Beverly's license under Beverly Cottrell,
1: mm. her name
0: from her first marriage, which Bruce found odd as Bev and Mike had been married over a year. She probably should have changed her name by now. Probably. Yeah. Marshall then waited for the accompanying gun permit, but nothing appeared. Beverly did not have a permit. Oh.
2: Bev, you just
0: didn't. You didn't have to acknowledge
1: your firearm, dude. She
2: was feeling it. (laughs) I mean, that's a very odd thing. Am I the only one in the car with a gun (laughs) right there? Just...
1: (laughs) My daddy said it's not proper for only a lady to have a gun in the car.
2: So I'm packing and no one else? Y'all have heard that if you don't stay strapped you do get indeed clapped.
1: This is like when we used to play basketball in high school and I'm the only one in the shower with a boner and it's so awkward this <laughs> is right now.
0: <laughs> since since Beverly didn't have that permit Bruce Marshall and his wife decided to drive to Richardson, where Beverly had lovingly described a palatial mansion that she and her aloe vera baron husband had lived in before everything went south.
2: I'm just going to say right now, aloe vera baron, that's... That's a smooth mm. job title. You like that one? I'm just
1: imagining an entire house. Like, the pillars are aloe vera leaves. Ooh. And, like, to get there's no stairs, you just slide down an aloe vera leaf Ooh. to get up and no, down. No, it's just
2: slides that are lubed with aloe vera. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. My You're skin is completely
1: immune to burns. Mm. You could yeah. come in with a flamethrower. You can't burn any. Oh, anybody honey, in that I got house. a little
2: sunburned out- outside by the pool. Well, just take the master bedroom slide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. when no, you come
0: down for dinner, make sure you twist around No,
1: Beverly's like, hey, do you want to try anal tonight? She's like, Can we, do we have lube? We got vera,
2: baby. You know we got fucking lube. Uh-huh. Can you use that? I don't think so. Well, Beverly did. It seems like a yeast it, infection. It seems like a miracle thing, like yeah.
0: a cure-all. Yeah. All yeah. I
1: know is Bev did.
0: When the two reached the address listed on Beverly's driver's license, it was a nice, nice enough house, but not the giant estate she described. So if this was a lie, maybe their current house wasn't the hellhole they had cried every time they were forced to return to. Bruce and Margaret had an address given to them by Mike so he could send a thank you note for the ice cream. When they drove to the location on Skillman Avenue, they found a P.O. box, not a house. A little suspicious. Bruce was beyond curious at this point. In September of 97, he celebrated his 45th birthday.
2: Yay!
0: During the celebration, Mike Davis let it slip that his birthday was also in September, but refused to say the exact day. Figuring that Mike Davis was born in 1953, Marshall entered the name Michael Lee Davis into his patrol car computer 365 times, Okay. one for each day of 1953, and still found absolutely nothing.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Bruce, now obsessed with finding out who the hell this guy actually is, turned to the Garland Police Department's Intelligence Division. Suspecting Davis was a con artist, the intelligence office offered to set up surveillance on Davis. Ultimately, Bruce Marshall decided...
2: Oh hell, I'm a cop. I can follow this guy myself.
0: (laughs) He devised a plan and clued his unswerving wife into helping him. The marshals were to have dinner with the Davises on Saturday night. That day, Bruce Marshall borrowed a fellow officer's car and parked it in his neighbor's driveway. The Davises picked up the Marshalls, and the foursome drove out to Plano to scoff down some Italian cuisine.
1: Plano? Do you think this is where like the fishing is. equipment is made? It based? is. Yes. is it?
0: Hell yeah. Afterwards, the Davises, of course, insisted that the party should continue at the Marshalls' home. After staying too long and ignoring the hints that it was time for them to leave, at one a.m., Mike and Beverly finally left. Bruce immediately sprinted to his neighbors, jumped in the borrowed car, and followed the couple to their home at ten five five three Galena in Dallas, a simple corner home in a safe neighborhood. Mm
2: so much like where we are now.
0: Yeah, definitely <clears throat> not the what they called the Little Mexico ghetto that <clears throat> they said they lived <sighs> in. Bruce Marshall headed out for Richland College as soon as it opened the next morning, hoping to get to Davis's school records. According to the registrar, however, Davis had forced the college to black out his records and never show them to anyone. Can you I don't think you can still do that. I don't even think you could do that back then, which as soon as she found (laughs) out that he was a cop, he just kept dancing around and finally was like, listen, I'm a cop. And she said, "Okay, sign a release and I'll give you as much as I can. And uh, he asked for the date of birth. And the clerk told him September 1st, 1976, which would have made him a very haggard looking 21 year old. (sighs) Okay. Neither his license number nor his social security number were on file with the school, and the address he'd given them turned out to be yet another P.O. box.
1: Did you not have to write P.O. box blah, 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 blah
2: back then?
0: Apparently, you didn't have to write shit mm. to get into college. I okay. have no idea.
2: They're like, hey, I want to take some classes. Well, all right, go in that room.
0: Do you have money? <laughs> that's probably what they I mean, that's what they say yeah. now, right? Yeah. Bruce couldn't understand how there was no bottom to this deception. Why are these people not on paper anywhere? Was Beverly scamming Mike? Was Mike scamming Bev? Were they both scamming Bruce? He had to know. So he returned to the Garland PD's intelligence department. While the secretary accessed the databases, Marshall called the Richardson PD to verify Beverly's claims of being savagely beaten to the point of facial reconstruction. Right. An officer from Richardson's domestic violence unit came back with two reports Neither one resulted in an arrest, and neither showed that Beverly had ever been injured by her ex-husband.
1: You think if she she had gotten beaten to this point or whatever, maybe there might be... Scarring. Scarring yeah. or like something. Like a messed up looking
0: cheek yeah. or something. Yeah. The secretary kept running search after search through the department databases, looking for Mike Davis, but every time she tried going any deeper than the P.O. boxes that they knew about, there was simply no information. She asked Marshall if perhaps Davis is in the Federal Witness Protection Program. Marshall was starting to think the exact same thing. For all he knew, this guy was a ghost. Finally, on a long-lost credit card application, they were able to find a social security number for Davis. The secretary made a covert call to a contact in the IRS, and the contact told them that Mr. Davis had applied for... And received a new social
2: security okay. number. Okay, God right. bless that IRS informant.
1: The what are the odds you're going <coughs> to stumble upon someone who's in the federal witness protection
0: <laughs> program? Nothing else made sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was a fucking ghost that just like went to college and nobody knew a thing about him.
1: They'd be kinda, it'd be kind of it'd be kind of fun to like you meet a friend who's in the wit- uh, witness protection program. Although I'm pretty sure they're probably all in like Kansas or Oklahoma sure. or something. I'd just
0: try and gain their trust and then mm. sell them out to whoever <laughs> to whoever's hunting them. <laughs> I get a high price. Hell yeah! I, <clears throat> the phone at Marshall's desk rang, and when he answered, the secretary's voice was shaking with excitement. Davis's name actually is Michael Lee Davis, but it used to be Walter Waldhauser Jr.
2: Ooh.
0: And in 1980, Walter Waldhauser had been charged with four counts of capital murder and pled guilty to three of them.
1: Those charges aren't really matching up with his live, laugh, and love Live, laugh, stuff. love, respect, I, mean, I know. he
2: did so. plead guilty to three things, so he did live, he did laugh, <laughs> and he did love. Mm. <laughs>
0: All of the times Waldhauser had been in his home flashed through his head as he tried to eat his lunch. His phone rang again. And the voice of our old pal detective Johnny Hell, Bonds. Yes. Now with the Harris County District Attorney's Office sang through the receiver
1: I understand you've bet my is it met? Yeah, I'm sorry. I understand you've met my old buddy Walter.
0: Hell yes, he, he is. <laughs> Johnny Bonds filled Marshall in on everything he needed to know about the Wanstrath killings, and it didn't set Marshall's mind at ease. Bonds asked Marshall if he was going to tell Waldhauser slash Davis what he discovered. Marshall didn't know. Bonds had a request. If he did choose to confront him,
1: Be sure to mention my name, because he hates my guts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> his guts. <laughs> his <gap. laughs> Marshall decided to keep his investigation going. He had a nerdy friend who always wanted to be a detective, but there was no way he would ever make the force. On a Friday morning in early October, the two drove to Davis's house and waited for him to leave for work. They trailed him to a two-story atrium-style building, the workplace of Southwest Viatical. Ooh,
1: sounds like they make dick medicine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: not viatical. Marshall's friend followed Davis inside the building, and when he had gone into an office, the amateur detective asked the receptionist what exactly a viatical was. She explained that a viatical buys life insurance policies of people who are terminally ill, usually with AIDS. It was that time, after all. Okay. For pennies on the dollar of what the policy will pay the beneficiary. When the person dies, the company collects the full payout. Why would they agree to that? Mo- money in cash in hand? They're going to die guess, anyway? No. What does that life insurance mean to them? That is, that's so...
1: God, that's
2: fucked up. Yep. Yeah.
1: I have a feeling this shit still goes on. It, does. Just it does. It definitely yeah. does. Ugh. it's fucked up. Bond says, "I became concerned. What do you call it? Radical? Viatical. A viatical doesn't make any money until someone dies. And Walter Waldhauser is a guy who doesn't like to wait on his money. Mm. I mean, ma- mm. I was kind of like, okay, yeah, he's oh, hiding no. his personality or whatever, <laughs> his real identity, but." Doesn't seem like he's done anything illegal yet. Mm. Now you're unfolding it. That's in front right. Of us. <laughs> That's right.
0: Marshall and Bonds worked together secretly to build their case against Davis. While well, the combined efforts of the District Attorney, Texas Department of Insurance, and the Texas Securities Board worked tirelessly in the public. When all was said and done, it was May of two thousand and Walter Waldhauser Jr. was sentenced to six concurrent 60-year sentences for five counts of third-degree money laundering and one count of securing documents by deception.
1: I've always wondered, you get so much jail time for money laundering and stuff. Like, you could kill somebody or get money laundering. You're probably going to serve the same amount of time. They don't play with that.
0: No, you're not supposed to clean dirty money. (laughs) No, (laughs) The judge ordered Davis to pay $10,000 on each count and ordered more than $5.5 5 in restitution to his victims. Oh, he doesn't have that much money, does he? The reason this oddly specific figure was chosen is easy. Investigators had found all of his money stashed away in foreign accounts in the Bahamas and Switzerland. And of course, it all added up to $5.5 5
1: Okay, well you know these goddamn cocoa makers aren't giving it up. No.
0: <laughs> His victims will have to wait until he dies to collect the money because of international banking laws, however. Mm-hmm. So a rundown of our characters. Duff Smith executed in ninety-three. Alan Wayne Janeka executed in 03 Michael Lee Davis slash Walter Waldhauser Jr. was denied parole in twenty twelve and will be up again in twenty twenty two.
1: Ooh. Let's be fair, Duff Smith at least got to hear the very
0: first NWA album before yeah. he was executed. Yes. So
1: true. He lived a good life, but
0: and uh, Alan Wayne Janeka got all the way to the end of Pantera.
1: <laughs> okay, they were about all done right. by then, oh, and he yeah. didn't. And he didn't have to watch some kind of monster. So Ooh, thank goodness! He, yeah. he, he died on a good note. I but, just
0: miss <laughs> my little Danish friend.
1: <laughs> oh wow, Jesus. Okay, so. When they caught him the second time, I guess he didn't get uh, convicted of murder. But
0: this do they- slippery piece of shit, he did get convicted for murder. This Walter Waldhauser time? Jr. No, the, the first second time. time the I'm second saying. time he was guilty
2: for, to three counts. The no, second
0: time was for uh, mm. ripping off all those terminally ill people. Yeah. But
1: what I'm saying is, Bonds was suspecting that he might have been. Expediting their deaths, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. He was speculating mm-hmm. that, but they didn't know if he actually did or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so
0: when he was up for parole in 2011, um, Johnny Bonds, old as hell and <laughs> battling cancer, came out and was oh, like, "No, he will reoffend if you mm-hmm. let this bastard mm-hmm. out." He said, "I'll follow him until I die." He wrote Holy a book shit. called "The Cop Who Wouldn't Quit," and okay. it's uh, the cop who wouldn't quit his case, and it's fan. Fantastic. The whole story is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of this thing. This no, weird I Fargo done. triple murder yeah. for hire insurance scam. That does sound that is a very fargo feeling from this, isn't it? I swear the Cohen brothers found this in ninety <laughs> three and just ripped it off or something.
1: The uh I mean this guy's a good cop. We can't deny Detective that. Johnny he, Bond's
0: number one he, in my heart.
1: He he didn't give up, he knew this guy was bad although maybe becoming too obsessed with one person versus yeah. all yeah.
2: the
0: people
1: you should be. I meet. mean, how many
2: could cold be? cases could he have solved in the time he's been obsessed with Waldhauser?
0: And how many families could he have True. still had? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually they did get divorced, unfortunately. I
1: feel Aww. like a con man to this level, a lot harder to pull off these days. Mm. But uh, but yeah, I guess it's it's great that they caught him.
0: Yeah. That lucky um, stroke of just disappearing with a whole new social security number and everything. Yeah, thought that's- he was
2: in the clear, then all of a sudden like, I'm going to call my contact in the IRS. And just that is like, oh yeah, actually, here you go. Yep. Just some clerk at a police station knowing the right person. Mm, that's crazy, It's man. all luck. It's all luck. That's the only way you ever solve anything is yeah. luck.
1: So did you did you happen to see how old... Uh, Mr. Bonds was, or he's just very, very old? He's
0: old. I need to look back, but in 1975, if somebody knows how to do math fast, <laughs> in 1975, he was 34 years old. Oh, Jesus. Right, so okay, so he'd be
1: add. at 53 to that. He, he's in his high 80s, though. Okay, high 80s, 80s low fuck. 90s,
0: yeah. Ooh,
1: and he has cancer? Had. Oh, he Had. fought it
0: for three years, so, so I mean, it must be remission. gone. Yeah.
1: Okay, holy fuck. Well, thank you, Mister Bonds, because you—you you, yeah. you, a lot of cops should aspire to be like you. But honestly, it really reminds me of like uh, that uh, true, detective true detective. Season detective. Theory. Yeah, although that has a lot sadder ending. But right, <laughs> it, it's still a cop who just won't give up uh, until he he solves the case. So
0: that's the that's the kind of cop we should all aspire to
1: be. It's great. It's a good season. I'm not I would aspiring recommend to be it. a
0: cop at all. Yeah, me neither, actually. But if I were well, it you would sound a little something like this. <clears throat> I don't know.
1: <laughs> he has the drinking habits of a cop, so you're good to go.
0: True. <laughs> hey,
1: an '80s cop, an '80s cop. Sorry, not modern. I think something. they're
0: still. I yeah, think yeah. they're still drunks.
2: I mean, you gotta. I, I know one, and he hits the sauce pretty hard. Yeah, you gotta blow off steam somehow.
1: Well, I was gonna say maybe that you drink to forget.
2: Yeah. Forget all the horrible shit. All, you all see? the dead
0: babies you see mm-hmm. with singe marks in their little hair.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I can't even imagine the kind of shit <laughs> they see. Blah. gross. Well, gross. Thank you, thank you, officers.
0: Thank you, officers. Thank you, Johnny Bonds. If you know a hometown Johnny Bonds, email us at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod and Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. Now it's time for the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody, the iTunes reviews.
1: I'm afraid to say I don't think we got any.
0: We got zero this zero. week. Zero. Yeah. I you sons in, of look. COVID-19
1: COVID nineteen is affecting what?
0: COVID. You're I, right.
1: Yeah, it's affecting everybody. I hate oh. to say it. Podcasts. Everything. People aren't working. They aren't listening to podcasts. They are reviewing. I don't know. It's review. fine. Just leave a uh, review. Yeah, yeah. Leave a review.
2: You um, know what? I'm I'm gonna lift the threat. Yeah, it's over. It's a trying time for a well temporarily lift until the threat.
0: May fourteenth, when Minnesota's stay at home order is over.
2: If, hey,
1: look, if yeah. you've if you've already left a review, tell friends about us. Or yeah. steal their
0: phone. Just their refer
2: phone. it. Just be yeah. like, hey, here, go if they have an iPhone, be like, Hey, you got the little podcast yeah. thing? Search this yeah. and just hit five stars. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to write yeah. anything. No, we,
0: subscribe, we, hit auto download, write stuff, just fucking do it we all. We do
2: love written reviews, but you know what? No harm will come to anyone for at least two weeks. <laughs> okay, that's your quarantine time—two weeks there. Yes,
0: and now it's time for the most important and part I'm being of the show. i
2: gracious to you, so be gracious to me.
0: And now it's part of the most important part of the show—at least if you ask Jordan,
2: the Patreon. Ooh. Everybody needs to go
0: to Bumblebutt. Go to Patreon.com/slash <laughs> Bumblebutt Podcast. Give at your level. Our postcards went out. Has anybody liked them yet?
1: Um yes, I think Phil posted it and it, I apologize there's a few people who posted or said Excellent. they really liked it. Oh, that's perfect. Dude, so the uh the company since I had a little more time on my hands, I got next month's done already. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, man, they're kick-ass. I can't wait for them to come. I think everybody's going to get a kick out of it. It might be one of my favorite ones we've ever done. So. Do you think
0: the company's going to lie and say that they won't be ready for five <laughs> weeks and then they'll show up the next well, day? They, they
1: said they were <laughs> shipped. <so>. Okay, wow. <laughs> I, I will give them this. Uh, not only any <clears throat> any of the proceeds uh, from purchases are getting donated, So or like 20% of what you oh, spend on them. Oh, yeah, on, on
0: Sticker them, Mule, so. right? No, no, no.
1: M M picks.
0: M pix So they're yeah. doing that too, huh? Twenty yeah, percent so going to that's good.
1: It seems like a good company, so I don't mind supporting them. The cards seem to be really, like, really g- made really well. Oh so. yeah, glossy. I'm solid. literally
2: touching one right now. It's yeah, a yeah. nice, uh, shiny postcard type material. They're beautiful.
1: I'm gonna. I'll make sure to show you two before you leave. I think you'll love it. It's gonna be great.
0: Log on that Patreon. Yes, Get on please there because do. guess what? Right after we hit stop on this, we're going to record a Patreon exclusive thing. Oh hell yes, Ooh. yes!
1: And I can tell you, uh, I doubt other podcasts are creating hand curated, beautiful postcards every single month. There's not a chance. There's I not a chance it. that happens. This is our blood, sweat, and tears on this. This is things. unique. We so,
2: are the future. Since you have next
0: month's, months done, I'm going to draw the next months. Please do. Oh, I'm doing it. Hell yeah. All right.
1: Draw it, scan it, make a card.
0: I've been doing I might and hand draw every And the one after that is just going to be a picture of myself. So every one. I, I might it. hand
1: draw every one. Okay. Well, if you got the ambition, do it. <laughs> I got no <laughs> work.
2: I got no work. I've. <laughs> On one of them, it's just gonna be a picture of me holding my son. I'd imagine I think so.
1: hey, you know what? once he's born, um yeah, take a picture of him, and we'll put it on actually,
2: there. I don't know if I want well anyone who listens that follows me on Instagram is gonna see him, yeah, but... probably like, definitely.
1: I would really like a picture of you and your dad showering, but <laughs> yeah um yeah apparently that's like a privacy thing
2: Boom. i mean it's our me
0: special time <laughs> me and Stiglitz <laughs> need to see it he sent me an awesome like pilot to bombardier toilet at one point it was so funny it's like he's, i wonder if jordan is dad shit in this
1: he's got a good meme i'll tell you i love you Stiglitz. He's, he's a got man lot of he's memes. got the meme gene he does
0: all right uh that's gonna do it for all of us here at the bumblebutt podcast uh my name has been adam That's been Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. That's been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. And thank you, everyone, for listening in these trying times. We hope to see you very soon, and uh, have a nice weekend,
2: unless it's Tuesday. COVID can suck my dick. (laughs) I want to go to the bar. Mm -hmm.
0: That
1: seems to be the biggest complaint.